think one of the the biggest places you can draw a line in the sand is to say this that if the treasure of Christianity is not being preached as Christ, like if we have a lot, praise the Lord for that. We're, we're blessed, praise God, and the treasure is Christ. And if we've lost all we have because persecution comes and they strip all of our stuff, then we are rejoiced because the treasure of Christianity is Christ. In recent weeks on the podcast, we discussed false teaching and false teachers And today we're going to be talking about a sort of specific false teaching, maybe the prosperity gospel or the idea that godliness is definitely a means to financial gain. And so my name is Joshua West, co-host of the Gary Wilkerson podcast, and I'm here with, of course, Gary Wilkerson. Welcome, Gary. Thanks, Joshua. Good to be with you once again. I'm enjoying this particular season that we've been discussing some really important issues for the church. And so, yeah, let's get right into it. I'm excited about today. Well, I'm going to start by reading um, out of Timothy's, uh, the first epistle to Timothy that that the apostle Paul wrote him. And just for a little clarity, um, you know, this this like many of the pastoral epistles and the epistles in general were written because of prevalent false teaching. Almost as soon as Paul and, and many other faithful people planted churches, um, right at the door there was uh, false teachings, many different kinds, um, Jewish legalism, um, prosperity, mixing of uh, Grecian and Roman gods with, uh, it's really no different than uh, than the same sort of problems we have today in the church. But um, in, in the epistle of 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul is basically coming to a conclusion in an epistle that he wrote uh, where he commanded Timothy to, to rebuke and correct false teachers um, uh, as well as establish a biblical pastorate and functionality back into the church. And so in, in the sort of final chapter, um, he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says, Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers, rather that they must serve all, be- all the better since the benefit is for the good and the service of the believers and beloved. Teach and urge on these things. If anyone teaches... A different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up and conceited and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy, unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of financial gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and into a snare into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And that's a a very um, powerful scripture. And I I think for me, um, the first time I ever read that scripture, I, I had been exposed to a brand of Christianity, young in faith, that was that was very man-centered and that promised me 
you know, that I would be rich and wealthy and successful and important if, in fact, I could, you know, find the formula of faith or I could tap into the principles that many of these teachers talk about. And so um, I, I, I remember, you know, I don't remember a lot of times that I read the Bible and I was like, man, I remember the first time that really hit me. But I remember the first time I read this and I was I was perplexed by it because it was so opposite of so much teaching that I'd been exposed to. And uh, and it really is, you know, I mean, it, you know, you could say, man, you're taking that out of context. But, I, you know, I read half of a chapter. So it's a it's a very powerful message that, that kind of, you know, puts into perspective the idea or the desire to be rich is not um, associated necessarily with um, – with being in Christ. And and I think a, just an, a rational person, you know, we, we're engaged in world missions and church planning and um, strengthening the church where it's weak across the world or playing the church where it don't exist. And I think you have to almost ignore our brothers in the Mideast or the Near East um, or many places in Africa to uh, and, and ignore the scripture to come up with some idea that godliness is in fact a means to financial gain. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think about that? As you read this and as I look at this text, I think the word that pops for me is in verse 5 where these teachers are not just teaching godliness is a means of gain, but they're, they're imagining. So it's their imagination. They're, they, they have very fruitful imaginations and, and they bring that to their congregations you know what I'm talking about here. They 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 create in the listener an imagination of oh, what would it be like if you were to name it and claim it that your boss would give you a raise? Right. And so half the congregation is going like, Amen, praise God. Well, you know, it's not a bad thing that you would pray for that or that you would want that or that your boss would do that. But if if it's this vain imagination of Sunday after Sunday. You know, one new thing that you covet, one new thing that you desire. It's 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 just this. It's it's the it's the imagination. Um, you know, and they, and then they try to create imagination about who they are too. Um, imagine if what it would be like if you had the kind of faith I have. Just right. like I I have a private jet. Uh, can you imagine that if you had the faith that I have? Right. And so you're just you're you're creating rather than creating a culture. Imagine what it'd be like to give your life wholeheartedly to Christ. Imagine what it'd be like to be a radical disciple. Imagine what it'd be like to give all that you have away for the sake of the kingdom of God. You know, Imagine what it'd be like to be able to uh, be be faithful to Christ in suffering and persecution. So the imagination is, is exactly what the text you're reading us to us today is their imagination is that it's, it's godliness is a means of gain. Right. And of course, you know how that works then too. You 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 said that this morning you shared at our devotion at world challenge and you, you talked about there that you know uh, you know give 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 your offering to Baal and your crops will grow right well that really is the whole thing isn't it yes you know, it's it's the whole faith and prosperity teaching is um, you know cast some seeds on the altar and so sowing seeds and yeah that, that's I, and it's so frustrating to me I I, I almost like you know, I had people come up to me with an envelope and say, "Hey, I just want to sow some seeds into your ministry." I go like, "No, I don't." You know, so it's like I understand what you're saying, but right. I think you're taking that whole thing out of context about sowing. Well, it really is. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things in the scripture where it talks about uh, many of them 
to to come up with this sort of theology, you have to read like half of a verse or not read the verse that comes after. There's one <laughs> verse so that true. talks about sowing and reaping. And if you just read the next verse, it literally says a harvest of souls. And so I think that there's there has to be some intentionality, um, you know, and I it's not necessary to point out the intentions of false teaching for it to be false. I don't have to demonize the person. Either they can be confused or they can be purposely misleading people, but either way, it's still, still damaging. It's still untruth, you know, and I, I, I hate to always use medical analogies, but you know, if I was just a misguided, uninformed surgeon, um, who thought, you know, that disconnecting your heart valve would be okay, or someone who had malicious intent towards you, both things would injure life. And so I think that, that we have to really understand the, the graveness of, of false teaching and especially false teaching that is so close to the things that we actually need in life because we do need money and food and things. And, and you know, I've, I've been accused by people who are very protective of this sort of name it and claim it. God wants everyone to be rich doctrine that, you know, oh, you just have a poverty mindset or that, you know, you believe in a poverty gospel. Um, you know, well, the Bible does says blessed are the poor in spirit, but I'm not elevating the idea. You can be a person who has vain imaginations about money and greedy for gain of imagining that godliness is a means to financial gain and be completely broke. You can be complete. You can be just as greedy with no money as you can be with with bankfuls of money. And really what it's focusing on is what you said. It's the vain imagination of if in fact I had more resource instead of thinking that God supplies the needs of those who belong to him according to the riches of his glory and that God will, will give us daily bread. Um, you know, we don't necessarily want that because because money does bring some things into our life that aren't necessarily bad, but can be disconnecting from God. Like, for instance, there are people who who like money because let's be honest, if you have money, you get to sit on the front of the plane or maybe you get to go into the event that other people aren't welcome to. Or maybe you have more influence in society um, or for some people, it's it's security, you know, knowing like, man, if I if I just had X amount of dollars in the bank. That, that I would feel safe and be okay. But the truth is, is these are all things that God himself are supposed to provide. We, we know we're going to have daily bread because we're connected to God. And, and Paul, Paul summed it up when he said, listen, I found the secret of being content. I know what it is to abase, be abased. I know it is to abound. This is in Philippians chapter four. He says, but I found the secret of content knowing that I can do all things or even the Greek could be translated endure all things because of Christ. And so I think the prosperity gospel subtly um, takes the treasure that is Christ and just ever so slightly moves it to the side and inserts mm -hmm. the vain imaginations of, of human need yeah. and human want. I think we have to, at this point, think about who's listening to us today, Joshua. The I don't think there's a whole lot of Kenneth Copeland fans following the Gary Wilkson podcast. Right. But I would say there, there tends to be a synchronism uh, of, of combining different gospels together and the uh, you know and, and and paul contends for that when he's writing to timothy here uh, he, he's saying we brought nothing into the world verse seven we can't take nothing out of this world but if we have food and clothing with these we'd be content and here's the contrast but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation so he's talking about people that are content 
and they can be content with food and clothes, or they can be content like, hey, you know, I happen to be a, a quite a skilled business leader or financier, and uh, the Lord has blessed me, and I'm making millions a year. But you can be content with that. But the 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 contrast is the desire to get rich. Right. Well, a lot of people, I, I, I think the I think the thing I would long to cry out to in the hearts of those who are listening to us today would be say, don't try to mix those two things together. A little, a little bit of you know, serious discipleship and holiness before the Lord and contentment, but also a little bit of desire to get rich too. So maybe I'll go to a few conferences. Maybe I'll pick up a book a little bit about, you know, and it's not just, uh, when we talk about this passage here, I don't know that it's just singularly currency. I think it could be rich in the sense of um, popularity, fame, um, notoriety, um, success in your career. There's, it's that ambition. It's that desire. It's that not having the contentment. And I'm not saying don't have desire for or passion for the things of God, but that it's it's th- this is the desire to be rich or the desire to be. It's it's for it's the selfish desire. Right. It's, it's it's that and that's I think that's totally different. And that brings you into many harmful things. And you and I've seen that, haven't we? People that have lived under this false teaching for so long have so built a house on sand that, that when the storm comes, they're not prepared for it. Or when the riches don't come, they've claimed it all these years and they've, they've confessed it and they've you know misused even that there's power in, in the life and death in the tongue. And so my tongue right. is going to say, I'm, I confess this car, or I confess this house or this job or this the amount of income per year. And then they don't get it. They get disappointed. Either there's something wrong with them or you know, maybe God doesn't care about them, or maybe God isn't true to his promises. Well, God didn't promise you that in the first place. And so flee, run from it. That's, 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 that's my call is just run from anything that smacks of uh, anything to do with, and, and it doesn't take a lot of scholarly input. You just know when you listen to somebody, <laughs> you know, you, right. you, you, you know, if you, if you devour this word, you, it's the true, you'll see the counterfeit. Yep. You'll, you'll see that. And this, this whole book, you know, it, it doesn't just leave you hanging by saying, you know, I don't have a desire for money. If you go back to chapter four, uh, verse six, if you put these things before the brothers, uh, and that's put like what we're putting before, what, what verse one, uh, in the latter days, the Spirit expressly says, some will depart from the faith, devoting themselves to deceitful teachings. Um, uh, teachings of demons the, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, and so um, they. But but the the antidote to that is in verse six. Put these put these things for the brethren, the things we're talking about today, and you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of faith and the good doctrine that you have followed. So, good doctrine is the antidote to false teaching. No doubt, it's 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 uh, we we are in such a quagmire in our culture of a plethora of false teachings you almost can't keep up with them yes you know you, you we could do a show every week on different different, different things you know there's there's this there's the some are some are talking about the nra the or the, the prophets today that are just prophesying their own dreams as, as jeremiah 23 i think it is says you know you prophesy the things you dream or you hear somebody else say it so you repeat it and you pro- there's 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 a as i said a plethora of Things and so we need the real solid. Definitely, we need to dig into the Word of God to know His truth and don't don't be deceived, don't be hoodwinked, don't be pulled away by these false teachers who they appeal to the flesh, 
and uh, and I know what it's like. I, I was never appealed to the flesh for money. It just was, I, I don't know why, for some reason, my first ministry was in the inner city of Detroit, Michigan, and we lived in a really small tenement house. Uh, our house was broken into five times in six months. Uh, we just, we, we, sometimes our house was empty because after things were broken into, we didn't have anything left but a chair to sit in. TV was gone, <laughs> the computer was gone. Uh, but we were content. We and we weren't like, and if that, and if, and if that's, if that's not the gospel, then I'm not living. I'm not trained in the words of faith as. Timothy talks about Paul talks to Timothy about here, but um, but I believe I believe he was training me in the faith that that so it wasn't money that I was after, but for me the desire was for like ministry success. So that became my almost like an idol, and and it, and, and, and it can be, and we yeah. and we compromise. You know, I think the uh, it's easy, it's human nature for us to look at the most malicious or to compare our weakness to other people's strength, or I mean, our strength to other people's weakness. Um, but, you know, we have to realize that that the, the three streams of um, temptation, you know, the apostle John mentions in 1 John 2, when he says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And I think all of those, all of all sin, all sort of uh, deception comes through one of those three streams. So it might be easy for us to say, I'm not tempted in this way or that way. Um, but there is, there always is a place where we have to apply this rightly to us. One thing I, I would like to say too, you know, when you talk about people who, um, you know, people aren't listening to the, hopefully the most egregious, your Creflo Dollar, your Kenneth Copeland, your Jesse Duplantis, these people that are outrightly, the love for money is all over them. And they would, you know, we love money. They, you know, there's no hiding about it. My my greater concern is is that I grew up, you know, where people maybe wouldn't have gravitated necessarily to them, but some of the residue of that, some of the seed talk, some of the uh, the idea, if you wanna you wanna be rich, sow money and you'll get money back, and these sort of ideas of taking true things in, in God and, and kind of speaking them in half truths or applying them wrongly when when like you said a, just a plain reading of the Bible mm -hmm. will solve um, and I think I think that's my my greater concern is is even like you know this isn't necessarily what we're talking about but it is tied to it you mentioned positive confession this sort of idea that we speak things into existence and this is a twisting of a scripture in Proverbs but it is this idea of getting the things we want because we have enough faith. And so I think, you know, when it talks about being rich, it's talking about not having need. And the truth is we are spiritually needy. And I think one of the mo the biggest places you can draw a line in the sand is to say this, that if the treasure of Christianity is not being preached as Christ, like if we have a lot, praise the Lord for that. We're, we're blessed, praise God. And the treasure is Christ. And if we've lost all we have because persecution comes and they strip all of our stuff, mm -hmm. then we are rejoiced because the treasure of Christianity is Christ. And I think that is the the sort of explanation. Um, and if I think you're about to turn and read a scripture, but I was going to no, yeah. read one real quick yes, please. Um, that I think, you know, this is, I, I, I can't prove this, but I think that maybe this is what the apostle Paul had in mind when he was speaking in first Timothy six was, uh, you know, the, the Magnus opus of Christ, the, the sermon on the Mount when he's, uh, preaching from, uh, chapter six and verse 19, we all know the scripture, but he says, 
Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, kind of like your, your old house at your first ministry. <laughs> but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust and can't destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now I've heard people like completely ignore verse 22 and 23 and skip down to 24. But listen to what he says in the same paragraph and in the same thought. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then if the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either they will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I think the idea of there's no, if you believe that you can serve two masters, if you think that Christ can be the treasure, but also worldly treasure, if you can, if anything can share the stage with Christ, I think that a person who sees light as darkness, how dark is that darkness? Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about what the sort of the figurative language we use in some of our gospel writings or songs like the old hymn, Amazing Grace. I once was blind, but now I see. If a person had been blind their whole life, you know, the idea of what truth is, um, you know, it, it could be explained to them. You could try to tell them what a sunset looks like. You could try to tell a deaf person what a symphony sounds like. But there's really no way to describe it. But if by some miracle their ears were unclogged or their eyes open, they'd be exposed to the, the beautiful treasure that is Christ. So not only can you not serve two masters, but those who serve Christ have, have the reason why they, that money and prestige and power um those things aren't aren't can't be the treasure of christianity before i defer to you let me just say this though we all will say yes and amen to that it's the subtlety of moving towards that that's dangerous it's like no no, no i know christ is the treasure but it is god's desire for me to be rich and blessed in this life and i would just tell any person who who believes that um to look at the look at the testimony of scripture Look at the testimony of church history. Look at the testimony of our brothers and sisters in other parts of the country that aren't as financially well off. And in clear conscience, explain to me how it's a promise that you'll be blessed in this life. The final thing I'll say is this. The blessing of Abraham is not money. The blessing of Abraham mm -hmm. is the seed of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent. That is Christ. And so that is, you know, we could spend tons of time dissecting that. I just threw a whole mat out there so you can, uh, but but I think you had a scripture that you wanted to read. Yeah, just before I do that too, you know, thank you for sharing that about Abraham. I think that's important for us to, to realize that, you know, the covenant blessing is an important a whole topic in itself. Um, but you, a few minutes earlier, you were addressing the issue of, you know, you don't, it's not just the, excessive prosperity teachers it's because i think most people that are fairly sound in doctrine of the word will be able to recognize that as what it, for what it is the problem is more the more subtle they tend they tend to capture hearts more a lot of the mega churches today if you walk into you wouldn't maybe even label them a faith and prosperity word of faith you wouldn't think that money is they're not living for a desire to gain, you know, mammon. But but there's this subtleness of teaching in there that is that 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 is it's 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 carnal, it's it's fleshly, it's 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 to it's 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 for things, you know, for for our for ourself. Um, 
how how do how, how do you how do you hear that because when it's so subtle you I find myself sometimes sit you know somebody will send me a sermon and I say oh listen this is really good and I'll I'll kind of go yeah wow that's very encouraging or it's uplifting but then when I'm done I'm realizing you know what that that teaching was really talking about a fleshly desire no doubt uh, to to do and and it could be uh, you know the 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 it could be the you know, position that you're longing for, as we said earlier, it it could be, you know, it's just just it speaks to the desires and 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 does that. And this is the, the so the text I was um, is in uh, Titus chapter two. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Uh, older men be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and steadfastness. It speaks about older women. Verse seven. Then show yourself in respect to be a model. And this is speaking to young men now, a model of good works and in your teaching integrity dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that the opponent may put to shame and have nothing to say uh, uh, about about us the the the, the these words here to, are are so important for our generation as, as we're speaking to young young men or young women uh, these words uh, integrity you know like we live an integrity's life not not a Selfish, ambitious life, uh, dignity. The, the the word there is weightiness or gravitas, uh, and sound speech. So you're 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 not just talking fleshly, carnally ambitions. You're talking about godly things. Can I can I change something just a little bit yep. here? Uh, and um, I, I kind of like to go back to because you just you just briefly mentioned not only Abraham but but because I think this is so connected with the 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 confession. That, that, that there's power in life and death in the tongue. So, and you briefly commented, so you don't see that as being like me creating something. I can create wealth my, be, with my tongue. You don't see that passage saying that. How do you, what's the context there that you're, 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 you're saying that, that would kind of almost disprove that that is about material gain? Well, if you, if you simply read it out of the chapter it's in in Proverbs, it becomes very clear that it's not talking about creative power. Um, and this may even be offensive to someone, but I hope that they would they would look into God's word deeply and, and, and hear what I'm saying. But it's very blasphemous to say that we have creative power. Now, the idea of having life and death is in the power of the tongue. We create, you know, life and death all the time. I mean, if you you know, grew up and your dad told you you're a good for nothing, you know, loser, you know, that's that's going to have an effect on you. Um, if you build your your children up and, and the word of God and encouragement, that's going to have an effect on them. There is there is life giving, bomb giving, healing giving um, that there is power in our tongue. In fact, James would say the half brother of Jesus, if you can control your tongue, you can live a perfect life because it's impossible to tame the tongue. He says it's a fire, basically, that, you know, that can't be tamed. Um, but so the difference in saying that there is there is a life giving power or destructive power in our tongue to people's emotions and spiritual state and, and even false teaching is is death to people. Um, that is much different than what the word faith theological position propagates. And it's this, that you are of the same essence of Christ. And because of this, you have the power just like Christ to speak things into existence. I mean, this is, if you really dig back into this, just pull the hatch back a little bit. It's dangerous and blasphemous. Well, listen, there wasn't, this is, this comes from a sort of mis, um, 
it really comes from new new thought or new age this philosophy. New age, yeah. This idea of uh, the it's called the law of attraction. And if you listen to any sort of new age uh, teachings, it will talk to you about saying positive things into the universe, and eventually the universe is going to to give these things back to you. What you speak comes back to you. You'll even hear a false teacher like Joel Osteen say this very often. Um, but um, the idea that we have creative power in our tongue puts us on par with God. And, and while we are made in God's image and we are also um, a very special created uh, creation of God, we do not have creative power. There has never been a person that said, let there be light and light came. There's never been a person who said house in a house. And the people that are telling you this typically um, didn't get a house because they spoke it. They got it because you believed in their false theology and sent them piles of your money. That's why they have that house. Now, let me just say this last thing, not to dovetail back to where we were. This isn't saying that, that if you, like you said earlier, you know, if you're a plumber and you start a plumbing company and you're faithful with your work, you have integrity, you treat your employees good, I pr that's proverbial. I pray that that you know that your business would prosper. Um, uh, you know, if you work at a job and you're faithful, you punch in on time. You you use you know fair scales and you give your boss your best and you're a faithful employee of your job. I hope you do get that promotion. But the but the idea of false teachers is that they have to somehow teach us to live in this kingdom mindset. We don't have to be taught to want things or to need things or to desire things. Those things are deeply ingrained in us and have been perverted by the fall. And what we really need is trust in the creator of these things. So you know, when I pray for you and your family, I don't pray that God would, you know, strike you with poverty and that you would lose all your things. I, I pray that God would bless your your soul and your household and that the work of your hands would prosper. I want these things for for my family too. But but this is a this is a fleshly desire. And and Jesus Himself said, "Listen, if you're being wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children." How much more will God? So God's good and he does give good gifts. But if we believe that our salvation or we believe that our right standing with God or we believe our level of anointing is somehow dictated by what's in our bank account mm -hmm. or, and here's for pastors, here's the hard one. How many people attend your church and how much money's in the bank? <laughs> right. There's people like you who started a church in some inner city place that God blessed, but, but maybe it never grew into some sort of mega church because the context you're in, you're in some hard ground, you're doing God's work and and God is going to reward that in eternity. And and guess what the reward for you was? Is that the gospel was proclaimed and that God did a work in men's lives and that God sustained the ministry, you know, and, and praise God for that. And um, 40 plus years of ministry now, I've never claimed a house or a car, but I live in a really nice house and right. I drive a beautiful car. And, um, you know, I see people, you know, it breaks my heart to see people, you, you know, young people, even, even elderly couples still, you know, they're struggling financially, their car's falling apart, and yet they're still claim, you know, they're, they're still like, I, I'm claiming that new Mercedes, you know, I'm, I'm claiming that, you know, some are even pointing to a house and saying, I, you know, I go for a walk every day and I claim that, that house, it's going to be mine one day, and they're still... Living. And that's why this passage that you read at the beginning uh, talked about that they pierced themselves with many pangs. I think that pang is the realization, whereas I've never asked God for those things or never claimed them or never you know, confessed them with my tongue. And yet God in his sovereign grace 
you know, he just chose to, to, to bless in that way. Now, in, in some countries, as we started this podcast today, you know, that, that, that same pastor that might have been faithful to his flock is in jail right now. With right. having, you know, and in Hebrews it talks about, you know, joyfully had their 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 goods plundered. Hebrews 10. You know, yeah. So how how is did they not have faith? Is that why their goods were plundered? And and if you if if what if they claim my goods aren't going to be plundered, I'm going to have a double portion of goods. Well, you know, that and I I don't mean to be mean spirited, but I, I think some of these false teachers, if some of their stuff is plundered, it might do them some good. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. It, it might maybe they could just kind of go, come back to to do that they, they can because they because it says here in, in verse 10 they've wandered away from the faith and, and what what caused that craving yeah. is a fleshly craving for things and that's that's where where it goes well why don't we uh pause here we'll come back we'll kind of continue this we'll we'll take a little bit of a different tact in our next episode uh, but before we go i just want to uh encourage you this book has just been released it's available at worldchallenge.org it's called fire in his bones 50 of the most powerful sermons uh my father david wilkerson preached my favorite uh, sermons in there as well there's some good, you have a particular favorite one or uh, no my my favorite sermon is called to anguish called to anguish is in here and that's a good one um the title comes from one of the sermons here called uh, 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 Fire in His Bones. And um, it also dubbed, so it's available now uh, online here at World Challenge. Uh, April 1st, it comes out uh, on uh, the different uh, formats, bookstores, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, wherever you order your book. So it's, if you want to go that route, you can get it from them. They'll deliver it to your home. With us, we could do the same thing. Uh, and you can get an advanced copy. Uh, Fire in His Bones is uh, the title of we've kind of taken this title and moved it a little bit fire in our bones for a pastor's conference coming up here uh, just the next few weeks. And uh, it's uh, you only have a few days left to register if you're a pastor or a Christian leader or you want to get your pastor involved in this. It's in San Diego, February uh, 15th through 17th. And we'd love for you to, to be there. Uh, but you got to register real quick. And uh, there's still a couple of hotel rooms. We booked uh, some hotel rooms or some still available to you. And uh, I'll be there. Josh will be preaching there as well. John Bailey, our COO here, a great missionary and pastor and teacher, will be there. Some friends of ours from Times Square Church in New York City, Pastor Tim Delina and Carter Conlon, Nikki Cruz will be there. And Ron Brown, a powerful preacher. He's head of uh, Southern California Teen Challenge. Man, and he, he'll help pastors see uh, the, the the brokenheartedness for the lost and the needy and how to just cry out to God and have faith to believe God. He's seen miracles take place in multitudes of lives. And we want to we want to share that passion, that fire in our bones with you. We are coming to this conference saying we, we can't preach these messages unless we have that fire in our bones and ourselves. So if you can't come and, or if you're not a pastor or a Christian leader, although all of us are Christian leaders in some form or fashion, whether it be your family or business or uh, preaching the gospel to people around you in your on your in your workplace, uh, you can be there. But if you can't come, pray for us and pray that there be a Holy Ghost movement. We are looking to see the church revived so that the nation could be awakened. America needs a spiritual awakening. So thanks for being with us, Josh. Thanks for uh, helping to lead us in this content today. I think it was very important for us to hear. We'll continue again next episode. Praise the Lord. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in the mission of World Challenge. Thank you for listening and supporting. World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Visit us online at worldchallenge.org.